Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach, which means I've dedicated my entire life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the extraordinary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be alongside to help you be the best version that you can be. I'm psyched that you're here, so let's get to it. What's going on, everybody? It's Johnny King with another episode of The Johnny King Show. And I'm so stoked to have Jesse Simpson as my guest. He is the, the founder of Action Oriented and Action Adventures, um, host of his own podcast, The Action Hour. What's going on, man? Thanks for being here. Johnny, I'm grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. You're, uh, you're a transformational coach as well, correct? And then, like I think I saw on Instagram, you're, uh, you facilitate retreats. Um, You've got a lot of stuff going on, man. I do have a lot of stuff going on <laughs> professionally. I've started this podcast. I'm leading these adventure travel retreats. And yes, I do work as a really a life transformation coach, but I just got a house and a puppy and I'm settling down in here in Lakeland, Florida, and everything is just coming at me full speed, but I'm super grateful. I, I feel really good as I, I move forward. It's like everything that I've been trying to create in my life is mm. now coming and I'm allowing myself to receive it. So it's been mm. really such a gift. That's so cool. You, you know that, uh, you know how they say, if you want something done, give it to people who are extremely busy. You know, you're, uh, you're extremely busy. And then you throw a puppy on top of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> a brand new, what, uh, would you say golden doodle or yeah, golden doodle. He's about, he's like 11 weeks old. Oh man. Still chewing up stuff. He's, he's pretty good. And my wife does a good job of managing him and giving him exercise. And we're taking this yeah. class right now. It said 90% of behavioral problems from dogs is from not enough exercise. So we're trying to get as much as we can. It's funny when I watch like, uh, dog whisperer and everything else like so much of it talking about psychology always comes back to him training the adults not the dog right yeah absolutely the, the, do the doggle is, is is so interesting and that i mean i think that is why i love psychology and maybe you do too it's like man the, the results whatever results you have in your life are a result of your own programming or your own training whether it be conscious or subconscious right yep, so 100 percent we got into a really good conversation the other day when we were chatting, um, hear more about your story, which is so fascinating. And, and man, it's interesting just to see the man that you are today, given how you very well could not even be here, you know, given the shit that you've <laughs> took on. Right. Um, and the loss and the tragedy and the trauma and everything else, but maybe you can give uh, the listeners just a little bit more of your, your background, your story. And I'd love to kind of, uh, ask questions as we get through it. Cause it's, it's a fascinating story, but where would you like to start? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, so my, my name is Jesse Simpson. I'm a former Marine Corps combat veteran. I was a Arizona state firefighter of the year. I worked for four years as a firefighter and, uh, but my life really didn't start out so bright and I was nearly written off as a failure at a young age, you know? So we're going to get to this Johnny, but I'll start off with that because mm -hmm. I think that sums it up quick in one sentence, like my past. So I, I, I had everything I ever wanted as a, I was, I served four years in the Marine Corps. I was, had my dream job was as a firefighter. And then it was all saving me in a way from this, this troubled childhood that I, that I came from. And, you know, I was suicidal when I was in seventh grade. I, it was nine 11 that really, I was in seventh grade on nine 11, that, that September. Mm -hmm. And that really saved my life in a way. It gave me somebody to serve that was larger than myself. For the first time, I didn't know what that really meant. I didn't have those words, but that's what it really came out to be. And that's why I wanted to become a Marina firefighter. But what I, I didn't realize is that those same, as we talk about subconscious cycles, you know, 
those same cycles were going on in my life. You know, so I was the firefighter of the year, but I was smoking weed at work and I was completely depressed. I was overwhelmed. I was, you know, I was a machine gunner in, in the Marine Corps and I shot machine guns at other people. And there was something that clicked inside of me in 2017, October of 2017, when that, that guy shot a machine gun at people in Las Vegas, Nevada at the country music concert, mm-hmm. you know, and it just really sat me back. And my, my business was the business I felt like my whole life was preparing me for had just, I pulled the brakes on that thing, you know, and you know, all these things were piling up on me and that trigger, I was like, what is going on here? You know, and, and I sat back and I, then I, I went back into my self and I, I realized as I started to have suicidal thoughts again, as a 20 year old man, 28 year old man, the firefighter of the year, I was having the same suicidal thoughts I did when I was in seventh grade. And I knew that if I didn't change my life and create something new with my life, that this would be my destiny. So that sort of sums up my, my past in a way, but now I'm uh, a transformational life coach and adventure travel retreat facilitator. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I I'm hosting the action hour podcast. I believe that action is the greatest adversary of adversity. And I believe that it's never too late to, to transform your life. And so that's what I help people do. Um, so, so that's a, a really a bit about me, who I was and now who I am. It's an incredible story. I mean, I think it's, what's interesting is to see how, you know, again, what, the level of success you were able to accomplish, even given the shit that was going on in your head, well, that you still were able to perform. And on the outside, people were like, what? You know, you having suicidal thoughts or you're unhappy? Like, what are you talking about? You have, you have such, yeah, again, quote unquote, success. And yet you were really, really struggling. Why, what do you feel like was at the, the root of whether, when you were at, in seventh grade, when you're 28, just like the suicidal thoughts, was it a lack of self-worth and feeling like you, there's no real purpose or was it something from your past that you were, that was just kind of eating away at you or what was it? Do you feel like? I didn't feel like I was good enough. Mm. And I think that comes down to, I mean, my, so my, my, I say troubled childhood, you know, it started, my parents put up when I was seven, my older brother got really terminal cancer when he was 14. I was like eight, you know? And so my mom was super stressed. She was trying to open up, she opened up this daycare. She was working full-time there trying to manage, like she was an oncology nurse that opened up this childcare. And then my brother got cancer, you know? So it was all that. And I just, my dad had moved away. I just felt so unloved and I wasn't getting the intention. And I felt in that thinking that moment, not good enough. And it was, you know, I went up to my room after a fight with my mom, you know, that summer before seventh grade with, a, with a butcher knife, dug, digging my wrist, wishing I was dead. And I thought about my mom and what she was experiencing and, and the, like the, the frustration and like I always felt like responsible for how unhappy she was and her sadness and I I like I I absorbed that mm. and so I was like I'm I'm better off dead and that was like my mentality but I was getting into fights all the time I was kicked out of school regularly for for smiting for for, for fighting smoking weed cussing out teachers mm-hmm. you know and it was just this constant feeling of not being good enough making people unhappy which led to me acting out. And really, I mean, that in a way led to this sort of this, this desire to create attention. That wasn't the good, the, 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 what really I wanted, you know, I was getting, I was getting in trouble all the time. I was getting all this attention from people mm-hmm. who I, I probably shouldn't be around, you know, and, and right, it was, right. uh, and that was like the, 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 the path I was on, but I fast forward a bit. My, my freshman year, I, uh, was kicked out of my house. 
you know? And so I remember going down after this fight with my mom and, and, you know, she was laying on the, on the couch crying and she's like, you know, call your dad. You're not welcome here anymore. And so that was like a turning point in my life where I was in a way like kicked out or abandoned or disowned by my own mother after feeling all this way leading up to that, that I think had led to this constant drive for doing things to fill my life, you know, mm-hmm. with in a way distractions. But like you said, it has led to this sort of success. I was a Marine of the Quarter. I was a, a infantry machine gun squad leader. Like I'd done all these things, um, but it's like I was never addressing the root of how I was feeling. And I think that is why it continued. It, it drove me, but it's also why when I got to everything, this dream life that I thought I had always wanted, like I always wanted to be a Marina firefighter. And now here I was a firefighter of the year, speaking in front of hundreds of firefighters at the state fire school, talking about leaving a legacy, you know, and legacies aren't written in how you die. They're written in how you live your life. And I really own that. And I believe that I have my dream girl, everything on the outside was perfect. But, you know, then about a month later in October, 2017, when all these things kind of came crashing down, I realized that the same cycle was going on. And I think it was all at the foundation of it is like a feeling of not being good enough. Not, mm-hmm. I was not willing to receive what I was, what I really wanted. I didn't feel like I was worthy of that. I think so many people, I mean, I, my humble opinion, what I've learned from Tony Robbins is that, you know, our, all of our two deepest fears are the same, that we're not enough and that we won't be loved, you know, and that the fear of not being loved is like, I would rather die then, right? Um, than than to be unloved in this experience. So I, I feel like so many people would resonate with this story, which is why I was so excited to have you on. But the, how do you how do you work through that? So many people again know like, yeah, just work on self love, work on self care. But like, to me, that's a lot of just talk. But there's not always a ton of experience or support. And like, this is how you improve your self esteem or sense of self-worth. How have you found yourself working your way through the last several years to, to find a greater sense of, you know, stability and, and worthiness? I think that's a great question, Johnny. And I think as a, as I hear you asking that question, what comes up for me is when I was getting out of the Marines, actually it was about 10 years ago in January, about this time last month, it was 10 years. And I was, I was craving the structure and, and sense of purpose and, and the camaraderie that comes with like this unmistakable sense of structure and purpose and camaraderie that comes with life in the military. Yeah. I left with no real direction. I was coming pretty headstrong after my third deployment of combat tour to Afghanistan. And I thought I could take on anything. And I pretty much fell right on my face. And I started to really, all these things started to catch up with me then, you know, anger, anxiety, PTSD, substance abuse. And I, I didn't really have any direction or purpose at all. And it, I really felt that the, the loss of that but then in January of 2013, so about two years struggling through all this, going to community college, I was fortunate enough to go on this volunteer trip to Lima, Peru and work at this orphanage. You know, I thought about on the way down there, on this flight down there, I couldn't wait to get down there and help these kids. But after these two weeks of playing with these kids who had nothing but sticks and balls and dirt, it was clear that they helped me. Yeah, totally. They changed me. And so it really, it did a lot of things for me. And I think about that trip often, but the first thing is it got me over myself. Like I was feeling all this shit. Like I felt not good enough, all these things, but then I was able to go down there and just make these, you know, these play with these kids and, and, you know, make them happy. And we just had all this play with six and balls in the dirt and had, you know, had these biggest, the biggest smiles, but it also started to shift something in me and it started to have 
lead me to have more questions than I did answers. So it was more like, a, wait, I'm coming from the States and I believe that we're the best country in the world and everything, you know, I can go on this predictable, this, this pathway to success. It's guaranteed to make me so happy, you know, money, cars, whatever it would be. But then I'm here. I am with these kids who are literally the happiest kids that I've ever been around. And they have like nothing to show for nothing, mm. no material wealth really of any kind. I, like I saw their house, they lived in literal shacks and, um, you know, it started to really help me question, start to question my reality and like the life I was leading into. And so I think the first thing that comes up for me is this idea that if we don't really believe we're good enough, we just need to go serve other people, whether it's mm. these, these kids in a different country, but you don't have to do that. There's people that are in need right now in your community. You know, so I think by giving of yourself, by serving, then you can really find value in yourself. And I, I think a lot of times that's what we're missing, you know, especially when we feel like we're not good enough and we're drinking, locking ourselves in our own room, mm -hmm. we got, we get broken up and no one loves us or whatever it is. We just get so wrapped up in ourselves. But if we can get out in the world, out in the community, out to help somebody else that's on the same path to just a few steps behind, or even just like be next <clears> to someone who's going through the same thing, we can really find value in ourselves. And that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. And the second thing I think is a willingness to challenge your limited beliefs that say that you're not good enough. Cause it's not, it's not true. And the, the, the challenges the, I was starting to challenge my, what I thought his success was, you know, my definition of success. And then it eventually came to this T and I had to make some serious changes in my life. And now I feel more, more free, more, more alive, more, more complete than I ever have in my life. But it was because I, I challenged what I thought was possible for me. I think that's, that's pretty, just so spot on because I feel like, again, if you're in this place of suffering, right. And I, and I make the distinction between suffering and pain, because I feel like pain is inevitable in this human experience and that pain, a lot of it is what drives growth, right? Like, you know, I know going into the gym is like the muscle demands some level of resistance, pain for it to grow. But then the suffering side, suffering is more, I feel like a, a massive obsession with oneself. It's selfishness, you know, it's, or it's fear. It's like, I'm not good enough. It's, but I found the same thing that kind of broke me out of my funk when my world came crumbling down similar around the time that yours did too in my life was like you said, like giving, you know, and I got, I honestly felt like I got that message from God. Cause I don't think I would have come up with that myself. <laughs> I would have stayed in that hell hole for a while, but I feel like, again, you're, you're one of the few who in that space of like, I hate myself or I hate this life or whatever, for whatever reason you were, you know, motivated to go down to Lima, Peru, which is incredible right? To actually be able to give. So you had that heart always, it seems like to, to really want to serve, but how is it that you, like, what was it that actually motivated when you were in your shittiest of shitty places to actually, I mean, to go all the way down to South America, were you needing the environmental change? Did, was it just a calling? What was it for you to actually get out of yourself and go give? Cause I think that's incredible that you were able to do that. So in that time, like 2013, I, I thought I had seen the world, you know, I've done some traveling in the, in, in the Marines. And I think as I was going to school, I still wanted to be a firefighter. When I was back in that time, I, I was just a call to adventure. Like it felt right. Like go volunteer in Peru. It was just like a, a setup at, at the community college I was going to. And so it was really just this call to service, um, the, a call to experiencing the world in a more real and tangible way. And 
I mean, that, that experience led to like hundreds of hours of volunteer experience at the Phoenix Children's Hospital. I was at a, worked at a grief camp for kids. I was a youth mentor for three years. Like it, it was like the start of a journey that really changed my life. And um, I mean, I think, I think that's what it was. It was like a trusting of my intuition. Like that's mm -hmm. like, you need to go there. And so it was maybe the first time that I like really felt that. And I leaned in, into that and I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm. And it, it has been something that, I mean, it literally changed the course of my life. And I think it was just on trust that just, just go for it. Just give it a try. That's so cool. Well, I think that's, that's the, uh, cause I think people want a one, two, three step, like just follow, you know, if you want to love yourself, do this, do that. And, and the thought is like, I've got to keep focusing on myself when truly the answer is to go serve others, not to go look for your answer in others, even though you really kind of got it. Cause you said it was almost like the kids really <laughs> helped you versus you helping them. Right. But it's kind of like that symbiotic relationship of, of healing there and, and service. But then you said the number two was more about like challenging that, that definition of success right? Like the whole idea of success. And I saw something by Gary V the other day on social media. And he's like, dude, until we as a, as a country or as a world start to challenge that definition of success, where it's not all about the money and all the things that kind of America and the American dream resembles, we'll never find happiness, you know, true happiness and fulfillment, you know, yeah. but it sounds like you've really kind of stepped your way into that. Maybe by going down to South America and seeing or traveling the world, right? And now you're doing retreats out of the country and just kind of reconnecting with things that are beyond the, the old school definition of success here in the U S is that right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, as you say that, it makes me think of the word freedom. Yeah. And I, I thought that freedom was something that I got by living in the United States, but it, but it, then I came back and I was living this life and I was like a prisoner to my mind and my body, my thoughts and my emotions. And I was completely ran and driven by mm -hmm. them. And so, you know, if we fast forward a bit on this sort of journey, 2013, that started to shift some things in, in me. And I, but I still kept living my life. You know, I still finished my degree and then I, I became a firefighter in 2014 and, you know, my dream job. And I started to, my eyes started to wake, in, wake up to the, the gap in the mental health space that like, it, most, I don't think most people know this, but like 80% of the, of, of fire calls that I went on were mental health in nature, ranging from drunks and addicts in the streets to suicides and overdoses in people's homes. You know, I've seen people hang from the rafters. I've seen people who put a gun to their head and I, I've, I started to really feel that. And, you know, then 2016, my best friend from the Marines died of a heroin overdose, you know, so I'm going on these heroin overdoses and then it's like, my, they're like my best friend. And every day I'm reminded of, of that. And it's this cycle that's going on. And then if you fast forward a bit, this, uh, this experience where I was a firefighter of the year. And then I, um, you know, I, I would, I, I crumbled this really dark space and I had this, these cycles going on. And they finally for once came to my awareness, you know? So I went on this journey after Peru and I just kind of lived, left, lived my life, mm. but all the while, like underneath, I was thinking about Peru. Like it was always there. Like there's some, there was like a truth that I experienced while in Peru that time. And so as I was as I was trying to figure out what the hell to do with my life, like I was like, there's no way that I can live this, this way for 20 more years, you know, just look forward to retirement, delay all these things, this happiness to retirement. And I, I really sat down into this. I mean, it went over a few months, but it basically came down to this, this point where I decided I'd measure my life by how much I give how much I grow and how far I go. Cause this idea of service had been really kind of coming up for me over and over again, this idea of having more questions and answers and really challenging things, the status quo, what I thought success was, was there. And then that I thought about how I, I, 
anytime that I, well, that time I went to Peru or the time I went to the Marines, like go, just go for it. Like going for it really made huge changes in my life. And really what that meant for me in that moment was becoming a coach so I can be of service to others in their time of need. Yeah. The, the grow meant going to grad school so I can understand the world a bit better. And the go for me meant basically selling all of my things, resigning for what I once thought was my dream career and taking pretty much a two year, two and a half year trip around the world. And it was so incredible for me as it all came full circle, you know, I've been on the country about six months at this point, but in January of 2019, I was back in Lima, Peru. And it was, you know, back in the city that changed the course of my life and everything. Now it's like these cycles have been going on, but now this time the cycles are different. And it's instead of being driven by my past, I was moving towards this life that I, that I really wanted to create. Um, so everything came full circle and, 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 you know, I went on this, this adventure of a lifetime. And something's come up for me now. You talked a bit, a bit before about like not knowing how it's going to work out. And like that has been my experience is when I decided that I didn't want to be here anymore, I wanted to create something new with my life. And I committed and I didn't have any attachment to how everything was going to work out. Everything opened up, like literally the world opened up and all these opportunities have just bounced me around the last two and a half years. And now I'm here in Lakeland, Florida, a city I never heard of, you know, six months ago. <laughs> right. And, um, yeah, man, it's just been a hell of a ride. It's crazy. I mean, you talk about, and I think that is so key because I've done it myself too. I know a lot of guys that I look up to and I aspire to, to be in contact with one day are all guys that had uh, like a moment. They hit a, like a, a, an emotional threshold moment where they detached themselves from the outcome and detach themselves from kind of the routine that they were going, you sold all your shit. You know, I left my corporate business with no idea what I was going to do. Right. So it's like that surrendering to like, shit, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's so interesting how, again, when you really do surrender from having to have so much control over your life, even more amazing things happen. Right. Which I think is a good lead into what we were talking about before. And I, I've talked about it <clears throat> on this, on my podcast earlier, um, with, with my mushroom experience and how, again, I'm, I'm just <laughs> mushrooms or psychedelics or marijuana. I've just started to dabble a little bit here and there as tools to help me access things that quite frankly, I'm like, I know there's pain in there. I know there's anger or frustration or there's disappointment, but how do I ac access that? And that you told me the other day, like mushrooms really more of support me with my wounded child, which I'm like, yeah, that that's actually been my experience and ayahuasca more your shadow, but maybe you can tell us a little bit more given that experience that you've had, you know, or those experiences you've had down in South America, more about your retreats, like the, the healing process that maybe you can use some of these plant-based medicines to help support the, the healing. Cause I think that's pretty, pretty powerful and really relevant for what's going on in the world right now for, for a lot of us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think running with that a bit, like what's going on in the world is just a physical man of like a, a real world movie of like what we are experiencing inside of ourselves, you know? And, and so, I mean, so June 26th of, of 2018, I went on this, I bought a one-way ticket or I went on this one-way flight to Costa Rica with no real plans of ever coming home. Mm -hmm. You know, I sold my car, like I said, all my stuff and, and I was, I was going for it. I had to ch create change in my life and I did that. And I started my, my trip really that two months later in August at an ayahuasca retreat. I heard about ayahuasca. I wasn't really sure what it was. And I, I just, I felt called to it. You know, at, at the retreat, the facilitator talked about 
you never want to pressure anybody to go on this journey of this because it's seriously powerful medicine, but you will be called to it when it's time. And that was my experience. And it just lined up that I would go to this and, you know, that experience, I, I think about it often and it was a, an overwhelming feeling of just of love and compassion for myself, for other people, for the people who've helped me get to where I am, for the people who, it was also a feeling of a, a need, a calling to be present and grateful. Because on one of the experiences, I, I just saw this constant replaying of times in my life where people had helped me or given to me, or they were there for me, but I was so in my own mind or so wrapped with other things that I was never really there. I never experienced that. And, and that just started to shift some really Th some things in me very, very deeply. And so in a way, that's how I started my journey. Uh, two and a half years of pretty, pretty much nonstop traveling. And I started at ayahuasca retreat and we spent four months in Costa Rica, two and a half months backpacking through Peru. We lived in the Andes mountains at, mm -hmm. um, at a, a lodge basically for a month. And then went to Colombia. and, you know, Colombia of all the places we went to was just, it, it's such an incredible place. It's so, there's so many misconceptions about it that, you know, it, when you talk about Colombia, people think about narcos and, and cartels and, and all this sort of stuff. But like really the reality of Colombia is that it's the, it's the most incredible place. Medellin specifically was the most dangerous city in the world in the early um, 90s. And it, it transformed into the m most innovative city in the 2010s. Mm -hmm. And the, the mounds outside of Medellin, Colombia are, are just incredibly beautiful. The coffee region in Colombia is amazing. Like the people there are the most warm and welcoming people you'll ever meet. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I got introduced to DMT in Colombia and that just, it, it, it shifted again in a deep transformational way, these experiences. And, and now that was two years ago. I was actually living there two years ago now. And I just knew that I had to bring these, this experience of real and authentic travel of transformational travel and, and combine it with these, this power of these, these plant medicines, these medicines that have been used in the, the, the Amazon jungle for hundreds, if not thousands of years to other people, because it truly helped me heal my life. You know, and I, I had been running from myself for all this time, acting like what was going on, wasn't really going on. Mm -hmm. And, and these things brought it out and they, they showed me that it's okay. You know, and I think ayahuasca, like you said, is like, it, it, it has a way of bringing out these shadow parts of yourself, these things you neglect, showing you that they're there and allowing you an opportunity to forgive, to let go, to move on, to integrate whatever it is that you need. And, um, you know, that's what I'm doing now. I mean, basically fast forward a couple of years and, and I've, I'm now leading these adventure travel and sacred medicine retreats in Colombia. And, um, you know, it's, it's such an incredible gift and it's, it's so powerful. Well, I think you touched on it, which is like the, the first experience of that for you was like you you had this profound feeling, correct me if I'm wrong, of just self-love, which is something you probably hadn't experienced a ton of, which is what you're saying was the problem with not feeling enough, right? And because you're not feeling enough, then you're constantly focusing on either the past or the future, but you're never in the present to even receive any love that you were getting. So it really brought you into the present moment, which I think is like, uh, that, that is the gift, you know, to realize that tomorrow isn't guaranteed. I mean, you've experienced that with your loss of your bro, but it's like, man, like we, we harp on ourselves so much and we get so hard on ourselves because we're being able to compare ourselves with everyone on the internet. And yet the, the really cool thing in my experience about this too, is just that love and compassion that 
that you can feel for yourself when you use the plant-based medicines. But it's also scary because I, I went through three hours of sitting in the woods, you know, with some mushrooms and just crying tears of sadness. And it was really, really scary because it's like, I don't want to go there. But I think that's why a lot of people probably avoid it because the shadow is, again, something right behind us that's always with us, but we never want to turn around and look at it. But it's, it can be really scary, right? What have, been, what have been some of those things that for you, you've had to really step into, which has been taking a lot of courage to face, which has allowed you then to see this, the, the light on the other side? Are there any things that were really, really challenging in your experiences of plant-based medicine? My experiences of plant-based medicine, I, I mean, I'll speak to one experience the first experience I had, I remember they were, they were, the facilitators were playing music. I was a few hours into the, into the, this, this trip or this ride. And I was remember like clinching and I was like, what is that noise there? Like the music they were playing was like really grinding. And, um, and really what I realized is the key is to surrender to that, to like, to stop resisting. Mm -hmm. And I think this is analogous to anything we do in our life is to not resist what is going on, not to, not to, not to try to rationalize our pain away, not to try to act like what we're experiencing is not the reality. Everything's amplified in those, in those experiences. Mm -hmm. But as so as soon as I like relax and I was like, wait, this is actually happening for me. Like this is, this is something this, this grinding noise is, is, is a gift. As soon as I like relax in that moment, the music like changed and it went to something completely different. It was just an amazing experience, you know? And so, so that was one experience and it's, you know, it's, it's negligible. So some of the things people have experienced are, is, you know, way more challenging than that. But I think always the answer in those moments with the medicine or with life is to let go to surrender to to stop resisting what's going on and it's just as soon as you do that everything else gets easier you know you you, you get a moment of clarity where you can make the decision where the, the the shift in your life is it like things i have to do or things i get to do is this happening for me or to me and those subtle changes in how we perceive our world change everything 100 percent. I've, I've talked about the work of byron katie in the past the a book that really helped me uh, I was working through my divorce and all the other shit that was, that was happening in my life. One of her books is Loving What Is, um, which is like all the anxiety you're feeling, all the frustration is your resistance to what actually is mm. happening. <laughs> so just accept it rather than really wishing that it should be this way or I should be that way or this and that. And that, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still struggle with that. I think we're human. We can easily fall back into that, that mode, but that is what I feel like is, is what you're saying. It's like, it's the, the theme that keeps coming up in this journey, especially to personal development. It's like, you have to be willing to surrender, which is super scary because we all want to just have a control. But as soon as you let go of control, it sounds like you've been able to, to create tons of healing and, you know, miraculous experiences in your life. And that's, I assume that's because of those gifts. Like you said, you want to bring that to other people, correct? Absolutely. And I, I really believe that it's never too late to transform your life. And now, whether it's in, in the way I've done it, you know, I always say like, don't take on my dream, but the mm -hmm. way that my dream has come to fruition is like through travel, transform transformational travel experiences. You know, really, I'm mm -hmm. on a mission to change the way little travels and, and help people get a real authentic experience of the world. Because I think the, the beliefs we've been the pro propaganda we've been force fed you know, about how everything is the way it, it's like not true. It's actually not true. 
you know, and it's really easy to see that for me, once I come back after being abroad for so long and, and not watching the news, and then I t- tune into the news a little bit. I'm like, like, what, like, what the hell is like, what is that? Like, it's just, it's, it, yeah. it's really off-putting to me, really you know? Is. And, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's the experience that I want to create for other people. But I always say like, whatever it is you want to go for, like, go for it, but don't yeah. take on, don't take on my path. You don't, you don't get to have my, you don't get to have my path. Um, but if there's a calling to, to transform your life through travel experiences, or if this medicine is calling you, then like the experiences that we are creating with action adventures and these retreats in Colombia is like, it's, it's truly transformational. It will really help you heal, find out who you really are and why you're here and, uh, and change your life in a really lasting way. Would, would you feel like some of these tools are accelerants? Like they just kind of accelerate the process of healing. Cause I mean, you could spend five years on a couch with some therapist um, or you could spend <laughs> a week down in Columbia. Has that been, that's been my experience. I was just wondering if that's been your experience as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, I think that there's a huge shift coming with how we view treatment modal- yeah. mod- modalities and, you know, these medicines that they are tools, you know, mm-hmm. they are tools that can help expedite these things. And we talked, we're kind of bouncing around this a little bit in this idea of fear, what keeps people, this resistance, you know, it's our mm-hmm. ego and it's, it's mm-hmm. preventing us. Our, our mind has a way of creating problems for us and then keeping us busy and, and moving just enough forward. So we feel like we're being productive, but then it sucks us right back mm-hmm. into this, this cycle that, you know, that's what I would, you know, is your ego, your, your shadow. It's, it's keeping you, you stuck. Um, and these medicines have a way of kind of revealing these things for you, but across the board, there's all kinds of these different healing modalities. You know, I, I'm on the board of directors for a nonprofit and 22 zero, and we have a, a process that eliminates PTSD in like one session. Most times if it's more complex up to three, but mm-hmm. literally like you don't have to spend five years going to prolonged exposure therapy, talking about the traumas in your life, mm. you can sit down for basically an, like an hour and a half with me and we can walk through this process and it will sever the emotional connection to tra- traumatic memories. But it's crazy to me because we have to like, as I'm saying that maybe someone who's listening to this might be like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Or I've been doing all this. You mean to tell me that you can just sit down with Jesse and it's all gone. I'm, I'm like, literally, yes, we can do this, but it's crazy because we have to, it's like we're in a, an insurgency mm-hmm. because Right now, the paradigm says that you need medications or you need years of this therapy or you need X, Y, and Z. And we have to, we have to go in and fight against this system and say that these things are possible. We are actually healing people in very real and tangible ways, giving people their life back as mm-hmm. a to trauma or whether it's or travel, you know, separating the two. Um, but it, it, like there's a lot of things that are shifting in the world right now that, are, that people are saying weren't possible before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's these tools, plant medicines, men's groups, you know, all these different things, travel and, and, and these different processes that are just really coming in. So if there's something that you're looking for, like it's definitely out there, go for it. That's like what I would always tell people. Mm-hmm. What have been some of the things that you've, uh, when we're talking about PTSD, that you've had to work through your buddy overdosing from heroin, things that you've seen overseas or at work as a firefighter, what have been some of those things that have been some of the more challenging or just stuff from your childhood that you've had to, to work through? Maybe not having your dad around or what, what do you feel like has been some of the bigger blocks that you're like, Ooh, when you shifted that, like shit really started moving your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. So 
the first one that comes up for me, and I think it was like the underlying theme of my life was, like I said, I, I got kicked out of my house my freshman year in high school. Mm. And the reason I got kicked out of my house is because I punched my own mom in the face. <laughs> I, I punched her, I punched her and knocked her, knocked her down, knocked her out basically. And that's mm. when I came down a little bit later and she was on the, on the, the couch crying and like, you know, call your dad. You're not welcome here anymore. You know, and rightfully so like you, you can't do that. You know, I was completely reckless. I was out of control. And so I think then it was like this constant driving of like trying to prove myself that like I'm good enough or like that I'm not a bad person, mm -hmm. which is what led to, you know, this, let's say success or Marine the quarter and, and firefighter of the year and all these different things. And so I think, you know, and then I went on this journey, I was traveling around, but even actually this time last year, you know, I was, I was coming home and I, I, I had all this, like, I don't know, inner, I learned about the inner child. Right. And I learned about like all these different things that were kind of like driving me beneath the surface. Even if I, after all of this, this transformational travel experience that I went on, you know, traveling abroad for so long and now backpacking across the States for a bit. And so I think that as it relates to this experience specifically, it was the, the understanding that I, I needed to forgive myself, like choosing forgiveness. And I learned that forgiveness is not a, a feeling, it's a decision. Mm -hmm. you know, it's not going to maybe feel good, but at the same time, like I had to let this go and move on and stop trying to like make up for it or whatever. And then I can, then I could let it go. So I think that's, that was the big thing from my childhood. Um, and that also like what we've learned actually with this, this, this process that literally eliminates PTSD is that all these traumas and our emotions and limiting beliefs, you know, they're, they're not neurologically linked to like an origin, like a, a starting point. So something usually happens with the first seven to nine years of our life when we're really getting these beliefs programmed into us. So these emotions programmed into us and, you know, whatever it was, maybe it was one of my parents were when I was seven, my parents split up, but I was always attracting these sort of experiences in my life. And that led to me punch my own mom in the face. Mm -hmm. And then these experiences in, in, in the Marine Corps, you know, um, I, uh, I'm hesitant to, to share this because it's kind of like a, a weird thing to share, but like I said, I was a machine gun in the Marines. I served in combat in Afghanistan. You know, um, one of my first deployments actually where I was able to, we took contact and I was able to shoot back. They uh, I shot a M240 Bravo. It was the biggest machine gun we had on the patrol and mm. shot 7.62 caliber rounds. And after this firefight we got in, a, a local farmer brought his son in about like an eight to 10 year old boy. Mm -hmm. And he had been shot by a seven, six, two caliber round. Mm -hmm. Now I was the only one on my patrol that had that caliber machine gun. The only other possibility was that it was, you know, like the Taliban or the, the, who shoot AK 47s, which are also seven, six, two. And so then I always had this feeling like I, I had shot this kid, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to do this good and, and, and serve. And, and now this guy's coming in saying, you know, I sh basically at least how I felt was I shot this, his kid. Um, so that was another thing that I had to work through Yeah, and it, and it was like a feeling of like, um, like nothing I ever do is, is right. And I think that was something that I moved forward and worked through. And then finally, one of my buddies, uh, he said, you know, like, why don't you let that go? Like, it, it's not like, as I tear this, tell this story, it's like, it could be me or it could be the Taliban. You never know, but either way, I'm holding on to this experience. I've wrapped up in my own mind that mm -hmm. it was me and I'm like t feeling guilty and, and, and responsible for this when it very well couldn't have been me. It, it might not have been me. And even if it was, it, how is it serving me to continue to feel this guilt? You know? And I think, you know, and then as, as we speak about trauma, like, you know, I, I've, I've seen some pretty 
horrific things, especially in the fire service, you know, like, like I said, people hanging from the rafters, like, um, people hit by drunk drivers, like young people hit like, you know, just, I could go down this kind of rabbit hole, mm-hmm. but the, the, the reality is I don't really feel any of the triggering or trauma from that, the emotional experience, the intrusive thoughts or anything like that. I've let it go. You know, yeah. I felt a bit anxious. I was, as I was sharing that, but at the same time, like I've, I've, I've healed and I've let go and I've forgiven and I've, I've moved on and I'm not perfect but I know, and cause I know, and I know this is a process, but I also know that, you know, if I, I get to choose that if something no longer serves me, then I can let it go and I can leave it in the past where it belongs and I can create a future that's different than that past. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm after right now. Totally. And I think you're absolutely right. The, the experience with the child is like, it could have been you could have not been like, that's, that's the, the, the horrible part of war without a doubt. Um, but the whole, the, the bigger issue, like you said, is that it was, re-triggering a belief that you never do anything right and you're a fuck up and you know you're not worthy of love and yada 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 right um but i but going back to what you said about forgiveness because you had to forgive yourself for that eventually right but i'm interested to kind of dig into that a little bit here as we kind of start to wrap things up is like forgiveness like you said isn't a feeling you said it's a decision and it may not feel good but how how do you then reconcile because a lot of times i feel like I can say I forgive someone. Um, but then if it doesn't feel congruent, if I don't feel it, then I'm like, then it's just, uh, I'm just saying words. Right. So how do you reconcile forgiving yourself or forgetting someone else when it doesn't feel good, but you're actually really moving forward with just making the decision. Like, you know what, this doesn't feel good. However, I forgive you and you're moving on. Like, how's that part of your process, your healing process? If it's not, necessarily totally aligning with your heart and your mind. Does that make sense? Well, I think the first thing that comes up for me is like a, tr- a willingness to trust the process and, and, and understand that things are, I have, a, I feel pretty confident now in my life that everything is happening as it should. Yeah. And even if I don't have all the answers right now, they will soon come to me. And I believe that. And so as it relates to that specifically, it's like, maybe it's not time to forgive. Maybe you need to like stew on that a little bit more, but eventually like, when the time comes, it'll, it, you'll have an opportunity, you know, and really, I feel like you always have these opportunities coming up. And I feel like the volume of our pain gets turned up louder and louder until we realize what it is. And we decided, you know, turn it down or let go of it or whatever. So if it relates to forgiveness, you know, or there's someone that did you wrong, you know, feel angry all you want and, and do all the things you need to do to, to try to find the, the validation or whatever it is you're looking for. But then once you realize it's not working, if it's not, then you, again, you'll have an opportunity to let it go. So I think mm-hmm. that's a willingness to trust the timing and, and understanding that everything's happening as it should. And, and then if what you're doing is not working, then it's time to, to adjust and, and maybe let go or, or, or forgive or keep practicing. hundred percent. I think what's pretty cool about your experience <clears throat> through life thus far. And the, and just again, the, the man that you are, as you sit here today and the, and I just want to thank you for being here and, and representing wholeness and humility and transparency and authenticity is like, man, the, the things that you've seen and, and dealt with just as for however long, how many times you've gone around the sun <laughs> is kind of more likened to what past generations have experienced, you know, in terms of how much trauma and death and loss that you've seen compared to most guys. I mean, I've had some loss and yes, I've, you know, some, some tragedy here and there, but for a lot of us, we're so far away from um, 
things going war, right? Loss. Although, of course, the world is kind of a crazy place now, and certainly it seems to be uh, challenging in many different ways. But for you to have gone through what you've gone through, and then to be, you know, still in your healing process, and that, I don't know if that ever really ends, but to be where you're no longer at that place where you're not sure if you want to live or not. Like, I think, I hope gives other people so much hope if they are listening to this and really struggling with their own sense of like mental health and self-worth and like that it is possible. There's a process, you know, there's there's an exact, you know, science of A to B to, to Z, but you're saying surrender, give, be willing to face your fears, your shadows, do the work, use tools, use mentors, all those things that you've done that have allowed you to get beyond all those things that were limiting you and ultimately really trying to pull you down and, and rob you of your, your gifts to shine. You know what I mean? So I just want to commend you on that. Cause I think that's, it's pretty inspiring, really inspiring to be able to, to stand and sit or sit where you are today and be able to say, I've gotten through this stuff. Um, Cause it's just, that's a remarkable story. So I just really want to say thank you for sharing that and being open and, and vulnerable, even if it was, tough to say some of the things. So I appreciate that, man, very much. Yeah. Thank you, Johnny. I appreciate it. Yeah. Tell me, tell me, uh, as, as, like I said, as we just kind of wrap things up, if people wanted to, uh, work with you, if they wanted to check out things going on down in South America, like what are some of the options for just, you know, it can be scary to take that next step, you know, but that's the hardest step. I think it's just to get started. How do they do that with, with you and with your, your company and that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. And if I may just jump on to the, what you're saying a little bit more, I think the yeah, process yeah. that I found is that you get clear on what you want. If you want to have a, a future that's different than your past, just get clear on what you want. And then you take the first step without any real, you don't need to have control where the surrender comes is not having to have control, a definite plan on how you're yeah. going to get from A to B. It's just take the first step. The next step always appears and then be willing to receive it when it comes. Amen. I think those, if I were to have a three-step process, it would be that get clear on what you want, commit to seeing it through and then receive it once it comes. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that's, that's the world that I live in now. And so if you want to get more there, if you want to get in contact with me, the, probably the best place is on Instagram action underscore Jesse, shoot me a DM, shoot me a follow. I love engaging with people talking about real life stuff. And if you were interested in the traveling or coaching and things that I offer action hyphen oriented.com has all that information on there. So I would love to connect with you. If, if this story resonated with you, if anything I've said resonated with you, if you want to join me on this journey uh, down in South America, I'd love to have you. Um, and I hope to hear from you soon. That's amazing. Action hyphen oriented.com or uh, on Instagram, you said action underscore Jesse and that's J E S S E. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, well, thank you guys uh, for, for tuning in for listening. Jesse, thank you so much for just giving all your gifts um, and supporting people just uh, by letting your light shine. I know there's going to be those that have listened to this that'll reach out to me and say, Hey, dude, that was an amazing transformative podcast. Um, I really appreciate it. And like I said, guys, reach out to Jesse, follow him on Instagram, action underscore Jesse, check out his website. Uh, Any, any parting, I mean, you've given us so much wisdom and, and action items, but uh, anything else you wanted to, to say before we wrap? I would just say it's, it's never too late. It's never too late to transform your life. You know, it's a series of actions and willingness to receive what comes is, is all you need. So I'd say go for it. I got you. Amazing. Well, there you guys have it. Uh, never too late to, to move forward. And if you're listening to a podcast like this uh, or listening to a podcast like, like Jesse's, um, 
at the action hour or host. Yeah. The action hour. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you're going to find your way. And I think you're, you're, you're surrounding and filling your, your head with the right things. So thank you, brother. I really appreciate you being here. Thanks, Johnny. We'll, uh, we'll look for, yeah, you, yeah, you bet. We'll look forward to catching up with you guys on another episode soon. And, uh, till next time, make it a great day. And I want to thank you so much for listening to the Johnny King show. And Hey, if you got something positive from this episode, please subscribe to the show, share it on your favorite social platform, and then tag me in it so I can say hi. It would also mean the world to me if you wrote a review of the show on Apple podcasts, because I read every single one. Do you feel like there's something I could be doing better? Awesome. I totally thrive on constructive feedback and it's always welcome. So if you've got questions or concerns, you can always reach me via email at podcast at johnnyking.com. And then please follow me on Instagram at johnnyking, facebook.com backslash johnnyking men's coach on my YouTube channel and LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been amazing. And we'll catch up with you next time. Take care.